Hello, everyone, and welcome to a night at the roundtable. Coming to you from BBS Radio Station One. My name is Omina McGee, and I'm your host for this evening. And I'm here with my wonderful co-host, energy healer, Randy Miller. Oh, dear. Caroline Oceana Ryan, an author and a channeler. And I'm here with Rama and Tara, and our guests are, not our guests, are part of our Night of the Roundtable, is Penny and Micah. I'm going to start off this evening with a short, very short meditation on confidence because I think that with the holidays coming up and everybody under stress, and sometimes I to spend time with family members that sometimes is wonderful and sometimes it's not so wonderful. So if you all get comfortable, we're going to do a small meditation on how to keep your confidence and feeling comfortable in your own skin wherever you are so that you're knocked off your center. So you are not knocked off your center. Say that really fast and see how it's going to come out. So, so sit in a, be warm, sit in a nice position that's comfortable for you. Or you imagine you're in the sunshine or in front of a nice warm fire. And take a couple of deep breaths. And allow to take a deep warm breath in. Allow it to totally concentrate on your whole being. Come aware of your heart chakra. Take the journey from your head to your heart chakra. And as you're doing that, visualize a yellow rose. It's a symbol of confidence. Lying in the center of your chest. Watch it rise and fall as you breathe. Beautiful yellow rose as you take in and and let out your breath. So as you begin to feel more relaxed and at ease with the rose, allow it to have some animation. Watch it expand and grow as it becomes large as your whole body. Allow it to envelope you within its petals. Feel them soft, velvety, yellow petals wrapping you round in your body. Feel the confidence it gives you. Smell the yellow rose. The smell beautiful. A little bit of a vanilla smell to it. And stronger. There's other there's there's other cells that you smells that you can't even imagine. But imagine. Allow it to dissolve. within your body and know that it will always be with you. Your body can absorb this beautiful yellow rose right through your skin, right into the inside of your body, making you warm and confident and feeling wonderful. And say out loud as you do that, I am confident. Take several long, slow, deep breaths, feeling the strength this newfound confidence it gives you. 
and allow yourself to come back into full consciousness. And every time you want to feel confident, visualize the yellow rose in your third eye and then visualize it growing into the size of your body and then breathe it into your body every time you need your confidence. So come back into the room. And when you're ready, we will talk about the round table. We'll talk to the round table. So I have no idea what's wrong with my Zoom. I just used it today, and it definitely seemed to be working okay. And now it's just not. So this is the winter solstice day. Maybe that has something to do with with the energy. And sometimes that happens. So it's going to be the longest night, shortest day, longest night. And after tomorrow, we will experience that our days are going to be longer. I hope you're here with me, right? I don't hear anybody talking. I'm here. Any- oh, good. We're okay. here too, Penny. We can all hear. I mean, not Penny. <laughs> Omina, greetings, Omina. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad you're all here. Yes. Because it's, it's kind of hard doing this with a small, with a small little phone compared to my computer. But anyway. I'm glad you're here. That's the point right now. Yes. Well, thank you. I was just wondering, the universe was just saying, you're knocked off tonight. The universe is funny, you know that, even though it doesn't have a sense of humor. And I have to make sure my phone stays plugged in. So anyway, how about we go around the table and see who's got to add to the energy level and talk about it. So who would like to take the talking stick first? Well, Omina, I would just say for myself that the energies feel calmer or else we just finished an upgrade because I know I and and many of my friends are very sensitive. I felt it was a very bumpy, very rough ride for about a month there, and now things feel smoother. And I don't know if that's because it's winter solstice today or what, uh, but I'm thankful for it. Very thankful. Yeah. That's great because I I have felt the opposite. <laughs> and maybe because I know, and maybe because we're in different parts of the country, and I also find it interrupts my pattern of speech. Huh. Where where I'll be well, sometimes the words come out backwards. That's not unusual for me, but usually I can catch it before it gets out. And well, every, I, what? Isn't that just an ascension symptom? I have found it that way. Oh, uh, probably, but I, it probably is. I don't even think about that, but I probably should. But I would really like for all the, all the ascended masters who've been on the earth and have ascended, seven of them work with me, knock it off. <laughs> 
Just let me ascend without all the symptoms. <laughs> I feel the same way. You're yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, you're not alone. So, you know, I definitely would see, I definitely can understand that with the energy flying around, why I can mess with the patterns of your brain and the energy of your brain, because everything is energy. So it's like, okay, I can, I have to lie down most of the time, just level it all out. Yeah. So it doesn't, so, you know, so it doesn't seem so wonky. I call yeah. it wonky. Yeah. yeah so, absolutely. yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you that if it's all leveling out a little bit better. That's well, at the, minute, at the minute, I don't trust it'll stay that way for very long. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're still on that roller coaster ride, in my opinion. Uh, and who knows right. when. I hope I outlive it, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you will outlive it. I'm sure you will. Oh, I don't know here. Very intense what? moment. I, I emailed a friend today. I said, I, how are you? She was, has been having a hard time. And uh, I have found it just very enervating and, and very just dizzying how intense these energies are. And I said, I finally stopped asking my spirit team if there isn't, you know, could you please give me directions to a much calmer planet and also a way to get there? And I, I have put stuff like that on, on social media and the number of people who completely commiserate. <laughs> it's astounding. Uh, so it's not just us. <laughs> well, maybe maybe tonight I will talk about science of the spoken word uh-huh. because there is there is a science to it. So I'm going to say, be very careful for what you're asking for. Mm. I mean, what if you do end up in a different planet? Then you won't be with us. <laughs> Maybe they won't have radio shows there. <laughs> Maybe that's happy. what she wants, Omina. Maybe yeah. that's what she wants. <laughs> well, that's very easy. You don't have to leave the planet to get off of the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a little extreme, don't you? What's that? It's very, it's very extreme. If you just want to get off the radio show, don't leave the planet. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, you know, I, mean, I, I love the, uh, a calmer time of it, and I would love this planet to connect down. I would like all I'm, war. I'm teasing. I mean, I've had friends who died to get out of relationships. I mean, literally died. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've seen that too. Yeah, yeah. People, people do that, yeah. and yeah. it's like there's a much easier way of doing it. <laughs> Yeah. It's just it's it's tragically funny, really, when you think about it. But it is what it is, and we're all trying to deal with it. And it's like I want to run away, but I have nowhere to run away to. This, I mean, I really don't have anywhere to run away to because deep down, I don't really want to run away. I just want the nonsense to stop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. Um, that's my update on my energy and here. Um, I just, I think the important thing is that we take care of ourselves, that we definitely get enough rest and, and uh, eat healthy and once in a while have our comfort foods and have a good laugh. That's the key really is the humor, is to have a good laugh about something. 
because yes. otherwise you you can go nutty. I agree. You know, so, yeah. So who else? Are you done, Caroline? Yes, that's all I was going to say. I'm breathing a bit in between uh, big tidal wave of tidal waves of energies. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Amina. Oh, you're welcome. The deep breaths are the best thing you can do for your body, for your mind, for your yes. soul, for everything to relax. The belly breaths and let it out slowly. They're, they're really good. What really helps if you're hard time sleeping is to breathe in at the count of four and hold it at the count of seven and then let it out at the count of eight. Yeah. And yeah. do in succession for a couple of for a while. And that definitely helps to relax the whole body. It slows down the brain because the brain can be overactive when we're trying to sleep. Yeah. And that's not fun, you know? So, no, no. Okay. so we passed the talk stick to, would like to pick it up? <laughs> I'll take, take it. it. Go ahead, I'll, Penny. Yeah, I, I'm going to try and be short and sweet today. Well, I'm always sweet, but and I'm not usually, sh and I am short, but I was talking about you're, speaking. You're very, very, you're very, very loud. Yeah. Uh, I, I am what? Loud. Loud. Too loud, honey. Again? I didn't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't have to touch anything. Sometimes when you bring, when you bring your mic down, sometimes when you turn it off, it goes back to its original setting. Yeah. Well. Well, it, I've, I've got the mic more or less in front of my mouth. How about if I drop it? Is that any better? Oh, God, yeah, yeah move it away from your mouth because it's, yeah. when it's that loud, it's hard to hear what you're saying. Okay, am I am I okay now? That's my question. No, no it's, still you, loud. it's too loud still, Penny. Okay, yeah, I, turned, I turned the little button down. How I turned the little roller thing down. That's my... much better. Thank you. All right. All right. Yes, too. it is. That's better, okay. yeah. I, will, okay. I hope all of your eardrums are in good shape. That's all I have to say about that. Hey, we're old. What do you want? <laughs> anyway, I was going to um, bring up uh, what I, I talked about last week, I think, which was um, uh, the size of the universe. I mean, it, it's enough. To, it does make me shout. The size of the universe. And 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 uh, Patricia Kozarobel is talking about today as being the completion to the shift with the violet in uh, the shift with their violet flame. So there was a 40-day assimilation of light that began on November the 11th, and we came through that portal. And today it's coming to fruition. And um, uh. Before I go on to that, I want to just remind us that last time we talked about this, you know, my mind was spinning because she described the size of our galaxy, the system of worlds beyond our galaxy. And actually, I have a question for Rama and Tara or Rama later on. We can, he can bring this up. But I want to know. Um, <clears throat> whether system of worlds equals um, um, the universe. I don't know. And whatever. But when I read, I, it's, I just want to read this again because my mind just heaves with this one. The, the system of worlds beyond our galaxy is known as our grand central sun. 
Now that includes, I'm saying, I'm thinking that the system of worlds includes our galaxy as well. I don't know. I think that's what it's, she's saying. The system of worlds beyond our galaxy is known as our grand central sun. And the solar logos of that system are Sanat and Lus, L-U-Z. So that's pretty, our grand central sun is responsible for, yes, for 12 systems, exactly like our galaxy. That means our grand central sun consists of 12 great, great central suns, 144 great central suns, 1,728 central suns, 20,736 physical suns, and 248,832 planets. Wrap your head around that one, and you'll either got to get a gigantic headache, Caroline, or you'll run away, run away, <laughs> like they do in Monty Python. <laughs> run away, run away. Yeah, anyway, I, I wanted to bring this up because she makes a very important point about all of this, that the 40-day the assimilation process of life began with the 11-11-11 portal, and it's finished today. And this is the good part. Once this facet of our divine plan is God victoriously accomplished, which will be by midnight tonight, I'm assuming, the infinite light and the full divine momentum of all of our sisters and brothers in the system of our grand central sun, and that's people on 248,832 planets and counting, I'm assuming, because I don't know that she'd go to the, the map on that type, type total. But anyway, we get the infinite light and the full divine momentum of all our sisters and brothers in the system of our grand central sun who will be available to assist Mother Earth and all life evolving on her in ways we have never before experienced. So I'm making a giant leap, Rama and Tara, and saying that this is one of the ways that mother, and mother has said that in a month, a whole bunch of stuff will be fixed up and we'll, we'll be ready to go, right? The earth will be, um, the earth will be retor- uh, returned to its uh, garden planet status. Well, there's the reason. One of the helpers, that's a whole bunch of helpers that she's just put there for Mother to use. The company of heaven said that this assistance from our grand central sun will help humanity the elemental kingdoms, and Mother Earth in ways that will seem miraculous during the remaining ascension process you and I and the rest of awakening humanity have been preparing to co-create for myriad lifetimes. Really, which says that Omina and Caroline are not going anywhere because they have to stay in hell, right? This accelerated assistance will begin with the birth of the new year. Then, she says, Today and tomorrow, through an incredible act of divine grace, and this is going to hurt you too as well, our Mother, Father, God have granted our sisters and brothers and all the beings of light associated with the Grand Central Sun permission to intervene early and to join us in greatly amplifying an activity of the violet flame, that momentum uh, that in, uh, awakening humanity has been evoking for decades. So the activity of the violet flame has been building in um, 
momentum day by day with every breath we take. And so she goes on to use one of the really long uh, invocations that she, she's known for, I would say. But anyhow, I, I just wanted to say that starting at 12.01, uh, all these things are going to happen. And we're all here, and we're all part of the arrowhead. So guess who gets to try it on first? I just thought you might like to know that. Um, and, and the Luna Joy is saying things along the, along the same way, waves. And she's talking about uh, how our, our reality blueprint is switching. So we get a new blueprint, right? And uh, this blueprint brings forward only their light codes that she's talking about. There's cosmic light codes flooding the Earth's living libraries. And I was interested. She goes and she's got a, a thing at the a listing at the end of the, the article that says, here's a very short list of sacred sites I know have a living library anchored to them. It's not complete, but these are the places I have tapped into libraries. And she mentions Mount Shasta at Castle Lake, Sedona, Arizona at the Saddle and at Cathedral Rock, Lomaki in Wap Wapatiki. North of Flagstaff, Blanky, Mexico, the palace complex where they're going for the equinox. And she talked two places in Peru and Machu Picchu, uh, Lake Island of the Moon at Lake Titicaca, the Saints in Gaza. And then she brings up the Callanish Stone Circle Complex on the island of Lewis, Scotland, and the Avery Stone Circle in England, which uh, we've been to twice. Um, all sacred sites have beautiful frequencies to offer an open-hearted spiritual program, and there is so much we can offer the earth while we're there. I am so thankful that earth and our ancestors, who are us, by the way, offered us these magical places to spark ancient memories, to bring clarity and wisdom, and to heal and balance the earth and our souls. And, and she goes, and before I got to that part, uh, she just said, as we get further into 2024, we'll feel more like we've been set free, like coming home to a place we didn't even know we missed. Deep inside, we know that as we release the past, we will feel more fully embodied than ever. Uh, don't judge yourself if this process makes you feel like you've not done enough or are not ready for this. You are. Remember, we have never done this shift with a physical body before. Which is, I guess, why our physical bodies are screaming and yelling so much the way they are. We are in new territory. We are pioneers through the ages. This means you, who is reading this, <laughs> and I'm adding in, and are listening now. So that's a lot of people besides just us. So I thought you should be uh, engaged with this happy news. <laughs> and uh, absorb it as best you can. <laughs> Instead of saying, oh, good grief. <laughs> anyway, that's my report. I think that is good news, Penny. Yes, I think so. Terrific. I really do. I still haven't got over the size of the universe. 248, 832 planets. Really? <laughs> How can you be so sure? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I just. Oh, there's, there's trillions. Yeah, there's trillions. But anyway. Uh, it's all to do with it's all to do with geometry as well, and uh, 
yeah, and num and number systems too. So anyway, so I shouldn't be too hard on her. <laughs> After all, she knows more than I do right now. Anyway, that's it. That we've got so much help available to help us, the the earth and us too. And as we keep getting told, all we have to do is ask. That's okay, I'm true. finished, Omina. Thank you very much, Penny. Um, I have to get my head. I mean, I do realize that the universe is very, 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 very huge, but I have to get my wrap my head around all oh, you know for a small little human brain. I, I can visualize it, mind you, but I have to take a while for my brain to wrap around all of that information. Mm -hmm. So, would like to give up another update on the universe, on energy, on ascension, whatever you you're willing to talk about. We pass oh. the talking stick. I'll Go take ahead. the stick. Now, I was just going to see you, Randy. Well, thank you, Omina. Just a sec. I have to find what I'm looking for here. Just one second. Well, take your time. We're not going anywhere. Okay. Everybody is always, many people have played the board game called Monopoly. I wanted to know about the history of that game. How long has it been around? Who was the real inventor? Turns out that the real inventor of the board game Monopoly is a woman. Name is Lizzie Maggie. Now, these newspaper articles, and this is what it says. In 1903, a left-wing feminist called Lizzie Maggie. I don't. I, I. I detest the press when they do this kind of stuff. It, it's just terrible. How did they know she was a left-wing feminist in 1903? Because she was a single woman. But she never gets the credit for that. And there's been a book written to put that correct. So she was a single woman, and she saved up enough money to buy her own house as a single working woman in 1932. So, she made this board game, and she played it with her other friends. It was called, the real first name was called the Landlord's, just a second, the Landlord's Game. Now, you realize I have an original drawing of it. This is 19, she patented in 1903 for rent $5, for sale $50, luxury $50, Reading Railroad RR $5. So hmm. you realize back then, you know, $5 in 1903 was a lot of money. Never mind $50. The income to Lizzie, the problems of the new century were so vast. The income inequalities, I'm going to admit, the income inequality is so massive and the monopolists so mighty. 
that it seemed impossible that an unknown woman working as a stenographer stood a chance at easing society's ills with something as trivial as a board game. But she had to try. So night after night after night, she worked and worked and worked and worked. However, she was the head of the household. So she saved up for her, bought her own home along with seven pieces of property. So we have to realize that in about 19... Uh, I'm going to kind of survey things here when the Parker brothers took it over sometime in the 30s. Ah, Lizzie entered the U.S. Patent Office on March 23, 1903 to secure her legal claim to the landlord's game. At least two years later, she published a version of the game through the Economic Game Company, a New York-based firm that counted Lizzie as a part owner. In total, the game that Darrow bought to Parker Brothers has sold hundreds of millions of copies worldwide. There are 300 versions of this game. Lizzie was paid by the Parker Brothers, but they only give her $500 and no royalties. Reminder, Monopoly ends when no one can afford to live on the board anymore. At that point, everything becomes worthless. The money means nothing. The hotels sit abandoned. The only thing left is to restart the game and do it again. It's unsustainable. But isn't that what we're doing right now in the whole world? Aren't we playing that part of the game? So to add to that, let's figure out and learn that Mr. Musk is in serious trouble in Sweden. The Tesla is in trouble. Scandinavian workers have launched an outright rebellion against capital, and I've never seen anything like it. It begins in Sweden. In October, 130 Swedish metal workers walked off the job, demanding a collective bargaining agreement for repairing Tesla vehicles. Now, this is totally normal there. 70% of Swedes are union. From there, more Swedish mechanics join the action, also refusing to service Tesla vehicles. Painters refuse to do bodywork on Teslas. Dock workers in Sweden's ports stop delivery of Tesla vehicles in the country. Postal workers stop delivering license plates for Tesla and refuse to complete deliveries of mail and packages to Tesla offices. Now, Tesla tried to sue at this point so they could at least pick up license plates for their cars, a court throughout the lawsuit. And now Tesla faces more strikes in Denmark, Finland, and Norway. Sympathy strikes are joining in the actions in other trades, including electricians refusing to repair charging stations. Cleaning staff won't clean Tesla showrooms. Garbage collectors won't pick up Tesla's trash. Car dealerships in Sweden won't offer Teslas, and Stockholm taxi companies won't buy the cars either. Even Nordic investors are urging Tesla to reconsider its approach. Pension Denmark has sold all of its 64 million euros in Tesla stock. Now, the stakes here are actually really serious. Part of the social contract in Nordic states is workers bargaining together to get a fair deal. Musk hates unions. They challenge his power. So Tesla wants to break this norm at the expense of all Nordic workers. So they are fighting back. Never forget what we can accomplish when we stand together.
So he said the magic word, when we stand together. And that's happening all over the world. A lot of the big shipping corporations and these great big ocean boats that take contain, they are all saying, we will not ship Tesla cars because of the fires. So, and then you get companies and you like our, our current prime minister here in Canada said, well, by, by 2035, you, you won't be able to own a, a gasoline car. Well, sorry, that's not going to happen. Not, not in this province. So my point to this is the power of the people is making a difference all over the world. We just have to stand up, stand up for our universal rights, not the laws made by man, because that's all silliness and stuff for nothing but control, but the universal rights to simple humanity and being a human being. I've always said, I asked my parents when I was young, well, why do we have to pay taxes on the land? We own the land. Been in the family for who knows how long. They could never come up with a concrete answer. They were too busy trying to earn a living to make sure that all that stuff was paid. So as a reminder, there are many, many posts on the internet all over the place now reminding people that the spirit of Christmas is more about family and being together about family and recognizing love than filling the Christmas tree with tons and tons of presents that you're going to pay for for the next six or seven months. Because there's no better gift to give family than love. I pass the talking stick. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, Amina. Oh, good. That's good because... I finally figured out how to get on the computer. Don't ask me how it happened. I just asked Michael the Archangel to come in and fix it. Because he's great at he's great at mechanicals. So this is much better than my phone because my phone was dribbling off somewhere. But thank you very much, Randy. That was very, very good. And I'll pass the talking stick to who has not spoken yet. Mitch? I'll, I'll, I'll take that talking stick. Thanks, Amina. Thank you. And greetings to all of our listeners from around the planet and throughout the cosmos. Well, uh, in the most, one of the most more recent 515th Knowledge Seekers Workshops, Public Teachings, uh, the topic of creating frequency of love from the plasma into the matter state of our physical emotions came up. As 2024 is the year promised for completion, then December 22nd will be the start of this process. We have heard many times it is all about love, but this love is not ordinary human love in the senses. It is unconditional love through the soul. In this teaching, Mr. Kesh is coming at it from many different angles. Excuse me, sorry, my kitty. (laughs) Uh, He's coming at it from many different angles. And uh, 
maybe you would might have noticed that his his uh his voice changed a bit as well. So how are we to understand this kind of teaching and make it useful to our journey? Trying to explain love is like trying to tell someone what chocolate tastes like who has no understanding of it. We have to start from what we do know and build on it from there. Most of us know love in the dimension of our physicality. So we can start there. When we love someone in the physical dimension, so much that we give everything we have to that person without thinking of ourselves. To us, this may seem like it is the same as unconditional love of the soul, but it is not. Sometimes we fall into love without knowing why or how it happened. It just happened. And in the same way, we can fall out of love or the person could die or we're left with the pain of being alone. We're only speaking here in general terms for giving an example because soul and physicality love can be mixed up with each other depending on our experience and maturity. But pure soul love always is with unconditional giving, transparency, connected to the totality and detached and and uh, completely devoted to the creator and all of his his or her creations. The soul of the physicality and the physicality need life experiences and guidance from the soul of the human being to grow and understand what these words mean. Keeping our awareness of what is going on is the key to understanding and growing from our experiences of love. In my experience, what I consider to be soul love was that awareness is always there. I've never felt the the same overwhelming force of physical love that blinds us from seeing clearly. When I think back to some of the feelings that come to mind, that's peace. I mean, it's like an inner peace where everything is fine the way it is and a silence in the background. Detachment is definitely there One feels free to leave any time, but you stay because you love to be in the presence of each other, and the feeling is mutual. And if you're apart for a long time, when you come back together, it's as if no time has passed and you continue on where you always were. The Chinese masters call it yin and yang. We are not used to thinking of emotions this way, where they are actually just fields of energy. When we understand how emotions are created and how to create them, then this will lead to totality of understanding our own self. This is perhaps related to the fact that one of the fields that determines our manifestation in the physical of earth are the emotions. Finally, Mr. Kesh said we have to learn how to create unconditional love in the emotion of the physicality of our being so much so that it touches and changes us. The upcoming systems from the Kess Foundation, they will be helping us in this process. And when we finally reach the elevation of our soul, then the systems will become obsolete. The same process will also be going through 
by all the animals of this planet. We can control everything through unconditional love, and the ability to do so will always be with us. And with that, I pass the talking stick back to you, Romina. Thank you, Micah. And of course, love on all levels is very, very important. And we, the more we can send out love, the intention is everything. So when you set your intention to send out love, you can send it from your God self, your Christ self, your heart, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual, the intention is everything. So love to all. And I think everybody has spoken except Ram and Tara. So what's new, Rama and Tara? So come on and share your wisdom with us. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings, Omina. Happy winter yes. solstice to everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Same to you. Yes. May the yeah. light of 10 trillion suns uh, radiate this story. <laughs> yes. We should probably do the financial report. Um, and uh, request that the stockings get filled with what is needed here. We did something astounding here. We got the first week of December paid for for yeah. BBS Radio. Absolutely astounding. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so we have... Um, We have $10 left for the next uh, week, so we need $295 plus 10 would be $305. It's $305 each week. So that's what we want to work on. We want to get the second week of December uh, stocking filled. <laughs> and then, again, 305 for the third week and 305 for the fourth week. And the reason that it's got all that extra money is because we have, I think it's five Saturdays, five Fridays, and then four Thursdays. So that's extra days that adds up. But uh, it's, it's kind of wild the times we're in. Uh, I'm still adjusting to thinking, okay, at Christmas, Christmas, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Randy, so much. For that, yeah, that the love that we can share, uh, and that, uh, yes, let's reaffirm war is over. And the reports on that side of the story, and it's not just in the Middle East, although that's certainly powering amongst everything else, you might say, but, um. There are things going on because of what's going on, for instance, home. It blazes about fire, everyone. I mean, the first story on Amy Goodman's show is that the death toll tops 20,000. And that gentleman that was on Amy a while ago just said double it because there's at least another 20,000 buried underneath the rubble. 
and about so what's up what's that caroline talking about palestine in other words I'm, yeah yeah we are definitely talking about palestine but democracy now has been pardon my jumping in but democracy now has been just exemplary in their human rights reporting on this horrifying tragedy uh they say what they can they can't say it all of course not they would endanger themselves but they say everything they can and they're interviews with Professor Rashid Khalidi, with um, this brilliant young journalist. Um, oh, God, I keep blanking out our names. Jeremy. Um, Jeremy Scahill. Scahill. Oh, brilliant young fella. Utterly brilliant. And then they have uh, Holocaust survivors to boot calling out for peace. I mean, it's just unbeatable. So I'm sorry, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> oh, no, thank you very much, Caroline. Um yeah, the thing that I've been hearing from uh, Democracy Now's guests are saying that uh, this uh, idea that you can do some, some summary executions, which are against the rules of war, which is what that Netanyahu has been doing. He's been doing summary executions in front of the family members and things like that. Um, and trying to make that a new normal, that is super dangerous. And um, I know that uh, at some point in time, Ashtar and the Galactic Command will take the airwaves. Yes, they will. Yes. And... um, there's been these uh, uh, underneath the Giza pyramid. This is from the media, not to a couple of weeks ago or though. So there's landing base under there, and they have been uh, they've been uh, there are starships there, and they have been go- going over to the Gaza Strip, and they have are uh, they have been uh, beaming people onto those ships, and they've been doing emergency, helping them, and even getting them over to Egypt vis-a-vis that manner, since that process is not being facilitated very well on the ground. And the other thing is that we've got famine. We've got starvation, I guess the right thing, starvation going on in Gaza. And also... uh people are getting sick and dying from bad water, contaminated water over there. And no, not not enough access to those kinds of things. So those things that we do to um, meditate and to send more love, that's a really important point uh, to me that for instance, send more love to Netanyahu and send more love to President Biden. He is not doing the right thing either. It's like through thick and thin, he's turning away. And, you know, again, the second story here on Democracy Now! is the United Nations says Israeli troops summarily executed Palestinians in Gaza City. Uh it's overwhelming even to just know that that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, 
France renews a call for a ceasefire. What we really need is a permanent ceasefire. I want to get as close to what John Lennon said. I'll not forget the sign that Caroline had on her on her seating area. Um, it said, war is over. If you want it. Yeah, and we do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did it say if you want it on the bottom of that side? Tiny, tiny print in the bottom, because that's what the billboard said. They had like five or six different cities where they rented out billboards. I think that for a long time, there was one place in, in Ohio that kept it for decades. I don't know if, if it's still there, but it, I think it said, you know, Happy Christmas from John and Yoko. But it said, war is over, and then it's small print if you want it. And in other words, you know, presaging a newspaper headline that would be saying that. And uh, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. so glad you made that in detail. I missed that. <laughs> I'm taking my drops, Randy. My my eyes are getting better. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So my my point and Caroline's point is that it takes all of us. It takes all of us from the tiniest little person to the most elderly person on this planet. Uh and to and love is the answer. Um, um China is getting uh, getting into something that's because of what's going on with Netanyahu. Xi Jinping told Biden, China will force reunification of Taiwan. And you know, Taiwan is connected to the United States now. And this is what, this is what Ashtar has said, no nukes. All those submarines we have in the South China Sea have nukes on them. And so that's that will be intervened upon. Now, China is going to try to force to annex Taiwan back to itself. And those nuclear submarines are supposed to be there to stop that. So that means that we have something there. Uh, we have been promised, as Don Lennon said, war is over if you want it so we got to say yes i want this i want this from inside out i want this i want to work with love uh, so that's really important um maduro hopes for a new page in the united states venezuela relations following pioneers prisoners swap i'm just going to say that everything south of the border I remember reading this article it's some years ago and there was about 65 empirical situations of control in different countries worldwide from empire and so I was really taken aback Tom Hartman wants to just do something at the border that doesn't seem to have any heart and uh, this man, he lives in Mexico. He's got a house in Mexico. And then he has, a, you know, he lives in the United States. He's got, but he spends his time living there. And he just said, you know, 
I have seen it. What you're uh, subscribing to is to, and uh, you know, uh, have a border policy where these people, they're not really migrants because the situations in the countries where they're literally walking from very often, uh, sometimes they get a, get get on a train or something, but they're spending grueling days and days and days to get here. And what you're saying is to just send them right back. And it's not the case. The case is, is that the policies of this empire to intrude and control in so many different ways in these different countries, these countries are not sovereign. They are controlled. And I, I don't want to go into a lot of details, but uh, this is time to um, to really listen to our hearts and also to there's a four hour uh and six minute and 40 second dissertation of all the things going on since this uh period of time this last I think they start she starts in the 1800s but um she does a really good job talking to them that's a long time but she's talking about, you know, like she went back to Andrew Basiago, and that was in 1979 into 1980. Uh, Andrew Basiago went to Mars. And what's the name of that device he went? The jump chair. The jump chair. And that's located on Montauk, Montauk Island. Island. Yeah, Long Island. Long Island at the Montauk Project. And they, she didn't, I don't, I didn't hear her. I got to listen some more. She might've said it, but Obama went in that jump, jump, jump chair as well to Mars. Mars. And, uh, Obama also used that jump chair to go to visit, uh, Sirius A, where there were, uh, he was the ninth member of a council of nine. And he's been, he still does that. They don't say anything. Uh, and, and that's a really important piece. Um, whenever we feel really something less than love, um, there's something we call purdling. Take it inside our heart. Remember, don't use negative words against anybody because there's only one of us here so praise respect thank and love the feeling anything less than love needs that needs that purdling micah brought it up i think it was last week praise respect thank and love p-r-t-l praise respect thank and love all those feelings because there's only one of us here and I think that's probably what I want to leave the note on. Getting in nature really helps, even if it's cold. <laughs> that's the talking stick to you, Rama. Okay. Anybody want to say anything on the panel? Omina, anybody? I think we're just waiting to hear what Rama has to say at this point. <laughs> okay. Okay, this starts on 
Monday, the 18th, I went and received a healing treatment from Ranamu at 11.30 late this morning. She said to me, she said to me, first thing, get on the bio bed, Lord Rama. I did that, and then the lasers came out of the ceiling and scanned me from head to toe with their rainbow rays. Radhamu then said to me, Lord Rama, focus on your third eye. So I did that for a little while, and then I felt the room change. I found myself in a spherical lighthouse. I saw lights spinning very high above, maybe two stories above me. Then I saw a huge holographic earth high above me. It was spinning slowly, and there were windows on the earth reflecting various ancient scenes from earth's past history. Then I heard a deep, a voice deep and resonant saying to me, Lord Rama, you can go through any one of these portals as you so choose. I contemplated this as the deep resonant voice continued. Take as much time as you need. Then I heard another voice, and it was Radhamu calling me back. It took me about four minutes to come back. Then Radhamu said to me, Lord Rama, you have been out somewhere for an hour and 15 minutes. And it just seemed like a couple minutes. It was, I mean, I was gone. And... Uh, you have been out somewhere for an hour and 15 minutes. Then I told her what I had seen. I told her about the spherical lighthouse and the various portals I was seeing. And she said, Lord Rama, you were in one of the observation pods surrounding the earth. These pods are maintained by Lord Metatron. They contain all the records of the quantum Akashic record fields. As you learn to focus your thoughts, you can travel backwards and forwards in space-time. As you are led to do this again, Metatron will give you a more in-depth experience. Then Ranamu said, Lord Rama, it is time for me to go to my next appointment and you must go. It will take you some time to integrate what you saw. We will talk again about this. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, Blazed Violet Fire. Um, and this is Tuesday, the 19th. I went and sat with five deer and six crows in Hyde Park at the base of the mountain in Santa Fe at 10.30 this morning. They all said intuitively to me, Lord Rama, we know you feel the sadness of what is going on. We are asking you to let it go. Allow the light of the winter solstice sun to lift you higher. Allow that 
gold dust to sprinkle into your aura. We have one. They were saying this to me because I went and sat and cried a whole bunch for what I was feeling about what is going on in Gaza. It just sometimes gets to me and I have to just release. (laughs) Big solar flares are going on today as usual. And I received a message from Lady Natasha. She said to me, Lord Rama, leave the matrix alone. That's an order, sir. Then I was on my way. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam Namaste, blaze the violet fire. And this is Wednesday. I went and sat with the caretaker of the I Am Sanctuary property at 11.15 this morning. He shared some of his wisdom with me and said, Lord Rama, there are big energies coming in, and I believe it is about this portal opening with the winter solstice. I said to him, Charlie, the energies you know you noticed are coming in from Galactic Center. It is challenging to be here at this time on this planet. At this point, 15 deer and 6 crows joined us. They just crept up on us. Charlie piped up and said to me, let us get very quiet and do some deep breathing. So we did that, and the deer and the crows settled down and just watched us. We all did this for about 15 minutes. Then Charlie said to me, Lord Rama, I have to get back to work. See you soon. Namaste. Blaze the violet fire. And this is today. I received a text message from Tom the Ringtail Cat and Sweet Angelique the Cat at 11.30 late this morning. They said to me, Lord Rama, we are near Alaska in an undisclosed location. And here there are huge aurora borealises going on every day. These auroras are showing up across the entire northern hemisphere as well. Lots of emerald green gamma ray lights are flooding the northern hemisphere. There are cosmic solar angels coming in as well. These are the Seraphim and the Sephiroth. They are 25 to 75 feet tall. They work with the cosmic time lords who keep the solar system intact. Tom, the ringtail cat, continued. Lord Rama, there is a portal in the sun which goes to supergalactic center. We are telling everyone to ride these energy waves, drink lots of good water, and go easy on yourselves. Leave the matrix alone. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Enjoy. Happy winter solstice on the this long winter's night. Peace to all, and to all a good night. Satnam Namaste, blaze the violet fire. And I pass the talking stick back to you, Amina. Thank you very much, Ram and Tara.
So, what shall we talk about? There's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Science of the spoken word. And talk about love. Or talk about karma. And if anybody wants to call in and ask any questions about anything, please call in at 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. Again, I'm going to repeat them. 888 Seven six zero zero eight or three two three seven four 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 eight three one. So it's come to mind. Maybe I'm getting the message about it. I need to talk about science of the spoken word. I don't fully understand the whole thing, but I have a good idea of what it means, and. It means that we really need to think about what's going to come out of our mouth. We always do it automatically. We do it oftentimes because we fall into different patterns of speech with our families, with our friends. And we don't have a clue what we're talking about because we're having a conversation. And most of the time... We're too busy thinking about what we're going to say rather than trying to listen and understand what the other person is saying. Conversation is 50% listening and 50% talking. So all this week, maybe I've been much more aware of it that people talk for the sake of talking. They don't really think about what they're going to say as things just come out of their mind. Because when you ask somebody what they think, they don't think they'll give you their opinion, which is very different than thinking. If you ask, if you ask, um, I'm just trying to think about, you know, you might not, lots of people make comments about how crazy the world is right now. And my response might be, well, how is the world affecting you right now? Because when they say something to me like that, they're trying to tell me they're being very stressed out by what's going on in the world. And maybe they don't know how to phrase that, that it bothers them. And then we're going bordering along to uh, trauma, being trauma bonded, which happens on all levels. But it happens on a global level when we have the violence that's going on, especially the violence that's going on in Israel and the Gaza Strip, and you have um, Russia invading. I can never think of the place it invades. Ukraine. Thank you. Exactly. That has taken a backseat since the some of the atrocities that's going on in Gaza. And when somebody talks about it, I'm listening to what they're saying, but what I'm hearing is how stressful it is for them to be in the world, even though they're in a safe place here. They're they're greatly identifying with what's going on 
to an all, what's happening to an awful lot of Palestinians. And I've noticed on the television, there's a whole campaign, a very strong campaign going on about Israel. So it's, it's really interesting how it's all being played out. And there's a lot of Irish people in Ireland that because I, I, I read all of that and I see it posted on social media where they're all rooting for the Palestinians. So it's, it's very, very interesting. And usually I try to help people to detach with love because taking all on that energy is just not good for you. The, the point is, we're physically helpless. That brings up a lot of people's trauma. People around us that brings up their trauma. Everyday people are walking around and it brings up their trauma because there's nothing they can do about this war between the Israels and the, and the uh, Palestinians that's been going on for so long forever. But yet, it renders people helpless. And if they can recognize that, that it's a feeling of helplessness, and what is it related to? Chances are it's going to relate to their own trauma. And all I can say for anyone that it's bringing up, to bring in your higher self, bring in your God self, your Christ self, whatever your belief system is, and ask for the relief. And this is where the science of the spoken word comes in. You've got to be very clear and very accurate in terms of what you are asking for, and you have to be willing to give up. Let go of your trauma, even if you don't always remember what it was, but you'll remember the feelings around it. And trust, if you have the willingness to give it up, there will be relief. Trust is the issue. Exact words. Well, I think I want to give it up. Nope. As long as you're thinking you want to give it up, it's not your trauma. It's not going anywhere. You have to be willing to release and let go. And that's true with any language because remember, everything begins with a thought. If we clean our thoughts up, we clean the energy up. Energy attracts like energy. Well, Omina, can I break in for a moment? Of course. Um, what I have found and I uh, difficult and other people found is that thoughts seem to have a life of their own. And we almost have to stand up to them. You know, I have had to say to thoughts of resentment or anger about things that happened in the past, I'm not interested in living like that anymore. You're going to have to drop that, you know? <laughs> Right. Well, it has to do with, yes, thoughts come rapidly into our heads. We can slow them down. We have to be aware, but we can slow them down. The other thing is, if things come in very quickly and if we're saying things, but that's not exactly what we meant to say, 
Then what you do, you say you cancel it three times. It's like you allow your you 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 allow your humanness, but the intention is you do not want it to go out to the universe until you're more specific about it. But we do have that power. It's like there's nothing wrong with being angry. That's a normal human emotion. But you have to own it. You have to claim it and own it. And as long as you know it's your anger, it doesn't matter who it's at or what it's at. It's your anger. And if you own that anger, it doesn't go out to the universe and attach to all the other anger out there because it's yours. You're owning it. You're acknowledging you're angry about a certain thing. And there's nothing that's, that's healthy, actually. It's funny how we tell everybody when we're happy. But we don't tell everybody when we're angry. We just act it out. And I've always said, I, won't, I remember when my kids were young, I would just warn them. I'm not having a good day. I'm grumpy today. Whatever it is that I might be going through, I'd make sure it's nothing to do with you. This is me. I need to work through this. I still do this. I, whoever I'm with, I still do it. I will own it. I'll claim it. I'll own it. And that way it does not it doesn't do any damage to anybody else because it's mine. I like it out my own walk well, I'll walk around and mumble to myself and talk to myself for clean hours or whatever I do with it. I will do something with it that helps me to release it without doing any damage because again intention is everything if you don't if the intention is you're angry but you don't want it to hurt anybody then i will guarantee you will not do anything to hurt anybody but you'll allow yourself the emotion whatever the emotion is it could be jealousy it could be envy it could be anger it could be sadness it could be depression it could be happiness Whatever it is, it works. It's about making yourself lighter because when you think about what's going to come out of your mouth and you want it for the higher good, you have to train your brain into that. Be aware of what triggers. Everybody has triggers. If you become aware of your triggers... It definitely gives you control over what comes out of your mouth. Everybody's mouth. You're the general universal you that I'm talking about. And it's it's like, and you know what? It's okay. We're a work in progress. So it's like, you know how you have those quizzes? I don't know, maybe you don't. They're on Facebook. But anyway, there are a bunch of quizzes. And sometimes they're very, very funny because they're about, they're about, um, Rudolph might ask Santa Claus about different things. I'm going to give you an example. Rudolph says to Santa, what kind of a child is Philomena in your eyes? And Santa says, Mischievous but adorable. She's as cold as ice, but in the right hand she melts. Stuff like that. What do you know about yourself that 
are very, very true about you in terms of, oh, I don't know, how well do you know yourself in terms of, I used to have a thing about, I used to always talk about slap therapy. Because <laughs> I did learn to have a lot more compassion for people that would come across as you might think stupid when I would want to do when I would want to do slap therapy on them. What in the world is that? Huh? Slap therapy? Slap therapy. Never heard of slap therapy. I probably made it up somewhere along the line. <laughs> Seriously. S-L-A-P, where you slap someone? Yeah, where you slap somebody, yeah. You slap, in, you slap sense into them. Yeah, but you yeah. do it verbally, right? Huh? You do it verbally, though, right? Oh, God, yes, yes, yes. It took an awful lot of strength not to hit them. But the point is, I was aware of that, and I knew that about myself, that, you know, you become aware of um, some, with the same joke again, Rudolph asked Santa Claus um, something about, well, how well do you know Philomena? And, and, and Santa made some remark about, well, you know, oh, no, one Rudolph wanted to know, what do you think of Philomena? And Santa said, and now mind you, this just cracked me up because it's so true. She has to constantly remind herself that slapping people is illegal. <laughs> and some of my friends wrote to me and said, oh, you're back to the slap therapy again? Some of the ones <laughs> I used to work with. <laughs> so you know how you get the urge somebody to come along and, and either do something really stupid or get themselves in trouble because they did something stupid and they're not stupid people. And you want to just slap them and say, wake up. But of course you don't. You don't slap them, but you're aware that the energy is there that you'd like to slap them. And that's what I'm talking about. It's where, where, where if you don't do anything, if you think that energy and you put it out there, that energy goes out there. But if you think it and know that's not for their higher good or yours, the energy doesn't go any farther than your expression of it. I don't know how this works, but I know it works. And that's exactly why they're pounding it every time they can about the war and the poor starving children. They know that triggers everybody. Yes. And it and does they do that for yes. one explicit reason to take you off your spiritual path Absolutely. and get you drawn up into their emotional drama, which will stop your advancement. That's right. You're absolutely right, Randy, because all propaganda, they use emotions for propaganda. Because it's the emotions that get triggered in people. And that's how they make the connection. The same thing when they're raising funds for anything. 
they'll bring in the worst scenario so that you'll pay money into it for whatever it is. It, you know, save the starving children, feed the starving children. I grew up when we used to collect pennies for the starving babies in Africa. Yeah. We were starving ourselves, but they were more starving. If that makes any sense. We, yes, we and, and the, the sad thing is people don't realize that in a lot of those organizations, as much as 80 to 90% never reaches the people because of administration and service fees. Exactly. Exactly. I but mean, look, we could have done with the pennies ourselves, but we gave our own pennies away. We would save them. On my first trip to Thailand, I was with my Chinese friend, and there was these begging children on the street. I was going to give them some coins. He said, no, don't do that. I said, why? They're starving. He says, he said, these are professional beggars. There's men, yeah. evil men behind them. They come and steal all the kids' money. If you want to help the kid, go buy him an orange and give him an orange. Or at least he's got something to eat. That's right. I had a friend that is um, past, and I loved him dearly. He was a great man. Had an awful lot of his own bags, but he was a great soul. And he always, always would, wherever street people he would run, it might be some alcoholics looking for something to drink or whatever. He'd go to the grocery store, buy a bag of groceries, come back and give them the groceries. He wouldn't give them the money, but he'd go and buy food for them and come back and give them the food. So, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a great way. Now, if I saw somebody, maybe an alcoholic on the street who was having the shakes and everything else, I might give money to buy a drink because the withdrawal from alcohol can kill you very quickly when you're at that stage, if you have the DTs and whatnot. I don't know. I don't run into, um, I run into homeless people, but I haven't run into too many uh, down and out alcoholics on the street. I haven't done that. So maybe they're doing better with the services. But yes, if you don't want to give money, you can always give food. Always give a smile. Because that helps as well. But it's how they know our triggers. Everybody knows our triggers. How they trigger our people's emotions. How we go, how we react rather than respond. If we can respond, it's much calmer for, you, for the person if they know how to respond. Reactions for anyone that's listening is all about emotions. So every time you react to something, some emotions have been stirred up in you. And if you respond to it, responding means you're dealing with the facts. It keeps your stress level way down if you can respond. Sometimes, if you just go around and you don't want to get stressed out, just bless everything in front of you, behind you, around you, above you, below you. Or bring Michael the Archangel in front of you, below you, each side of you, you know, all around you to clear your path so that you won't be stressed out. Because, again, what's going on in Israel and the Gaza Strip, we are helpless. And be aware of what feelings it brings up. And something else the world isn't aware of. I have some friends in Israel. Yeah. And they wanted to make sure there was some 
a disagreement about if someone was related to someone else in a will or something, so they wanted to get a DNA test done. Uh-huh. They were all hauled down to the police station, and they said it is illegal to get a DNA test done in Israel and what they call Palestine. My friend didn't think much of this, just went, right? went to the research, and then he found out that the reason they made it illegal is then they'd find out that they're all related anyway. Oh, definitely. That they are the same race. So they make sure that no one can do that so they can keep their their silly little, you know, unfortunate game of genocide going. Yes, because it makes sense. Their belief system is based on religion, not on their biology. Yeah, and they have to look at the word belief and look at the three little letters in the middle, L-I-E. Yes. They're East, descended from Eastern Europeans. They're not Semitic people. Um, this all, I mean, you go way back a couple of thousand years and you had the Palestinian Jews, you had the uh, the Muslims, and you had the Romans that ruled all of them, and then you had some of the sectarian Jewish that were different than the Palestinian Jews. They always looked down on the Palestinian Jews, okay? And they were all they were all still uh, all the Jews in that time. They all spoke Arabic, the Muslim language, and there were constantly differences. But the differences was about their religious beliefs. You put them if you put them all beside each other, without their garb that that said they were Muslim or that they were or that they were Jews, you wouldn't could you couldn't tell one from the other. You really couldn't. I couldn't. So it's like I hate to say it, but I think I said something saw something on the news where yet why do you how to pronounce Yahoo's name? Yet I can't pronounce his name, the president of Israel. Um, yeah. Netanyahu, 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 yes. That there's an awful lot of the Israelites that are not happy with him because oh, he's, 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 he's dying for war. And there's a lot of the a lot of the is the Israeli people just want peace. I mean, their own soldiers shot. Shot three of their their own people. They walk out with flags up because they were prisoners of Hamas, and they shot them. Yeah, that's that's an eagerness to kill. Yeah, that's not a caution about killing. That's an eagerness to do it. And everybody's blaming everybody. And it's like, what are we supposed to learn from it? Somebody asked me what I what what did I think or, or what that what came to mind when uh, when I saw the word religion and I said war because over history there's been more wars over religion than anything else. And religion was invented by man. It wasn't invented by God or Jesus Christ or 
Muhammad or Allah or whatever, whatever the higher power is of a lot of different people, it's still all the same. It's still all the same cosmic energy. So again, it's, you know, we think, what can you do? I just bless everybody. I just have whatever God it is. Bless all of them. Try and bring them peace. And the only solace I can think of for me is when they leave their bodies, they're so relieved. They're out of the suffering. The suffering is all left behind. But that's the only, that's that might believe it or not, that brings me peace. You think of all the children that are dying, and if they pass, they're finally at peace. Because I cannot allow myself, because I know how sensitive I am to things, I cannot allow myself to get into the pain, because the pain will kill you in the end, if you allow it to. The suffering and the pain. We're not meant to be suffering and in pain. That's not what we were sent here for. And and it's almost karmic for those countries. Finally catching up with them. And they're not resolving it. They're just slaughtering each other. I don't care who's doing it. I don't care. I'm not taking, I don't take sides on this. It's like, I can't because murder is murder no matter how you look at it. Whoever's doing the warring, it's to prove what? Well, they're probably fighting over the port in, in uh, on the God Strip there. They've been fighting over that for centuries where all the ships come in and all the commerce come in. Everything comes down to economics. So... Well, something Thanks. interesting on these maps, if I can jump in, something interesting is that um, so many people have been noticing, I've, I have found this whole thing to be absolutely horrendous, and but a lot of people have been saying if you react to something with shock, upset, except you've been triggered, that shows an unhealed trauma within yourself, like what you were saying earlier. And bizarrely, paradoxically, this is the positive thing. It's showing us what we have yet to heal. That's what I'm talking about, that yeah. that, that uh, if we're traumatized by what's going in the world, it's because there's trauma in us. Yes. If the, whole, if the, war, over the, if the war over there is going on and it brings up our helplessness, we have to look and say, okay, where's that coming from? And we will get an answer. Oftentimes it's from childhood because children are helpless. So oftentimes the trauma comes from there. Something happens to the children. I mean, if they're raised up in a house where there's physical abuse going on, sexual abuse is going on, or an alcoholic home, or whatever it is, children are powerless. They're helpless over what adults do. So that brings up that trauma. And if it's bringing it up, that means there needs to be a step or two to get it healed. Again, to ask for help with it, if you can. If you can't, bring in all your guides or whoever helps you. 
be willing, but you have to be willing to give it up. You have to be sick and tired of it enough to let it go. Because we are basically lazy spiritually, um, we bury it. We figured, oh, that was years ago, it's gone. No, it'll come up real quick if something around you happens, or even if it's on television, don't watch it. That'll bring up the trauma. That'll bring up the loss. And bring that's what that's what it does. We all feed off of each other or bounce off of each other. Yeah. It's the same thing as where you see musical festivals. People get together. And they have great joy and dancing. I mean, you look at some of the, in the olden days, you look at some, I think of, um, what do you call them? Queen, the band Queen and Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And yeah. the huge concerts that they had in Europe. I mean, every nobody was killing each other or fighting. And they had thousands and thousands and thousands of people in one area. I think I think here it was. Um, what was the big one in the sixties? Yes, all the people there. They all had a great time, and they weren't killing each other and murdering and raping. And they were enjoying it. Music brings people together. Concerts brings people together, and they and they enjoy it. Well, the same thing with trauma. If there's a lot of trauma going on, it brings up people's trauma. Things can bring out the best in you or it can bring out the worst in you. But the parts that need to be let go are damaged. And about things remind us. It reminds us of the joy we have in us, but it also reminds the trauma that we're carrying. So it's about being aware of how we can go around with hidden anger, hidden trauma, and not even know it. It's not any different going around with hidden joy when we get into music. We're out dancing and we're loving it. And we didn't realize, oh, my God, that felt so good. We didn't realize we had all that in us. It goes either way because it's all about the energy. And I'm telling you, nobody's going anywhere. Nobody is going anywhere on ascension until that energy gets balanced. That energy has to be balanced. The negative and the positive. That's the intense part. That light workers can't work both sides of the street. You're gonna to have to give up the ego and the lower thoughts and, and all the wounding behind them. Absolutely. But, but but heal it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, you can only serve one master. It's either the ego or your higher self. Yep. You can't do both. Nope. Well, you can, but you're not. Nobody's going to take you serious <laughs> because you're going to be, you're going to look like you're bipolar. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And, and sooner or later, you know, you've got to pay the price sooner or later. You've got to face the Oh, you. Well, the soul has all the time in the world. There's no time to the soul. So the soul's not going anywhere until it's all until it's all balanced out. It could take many, many lifetimes, but it's going to happen. 
It's like, yeah. you know, you need an ego to survive in the world, but knowing its place is a whole different thing. And if you balance with the ego or the soul, then, then you have a good thing going. You have it's it's like again the reaction versus the versus the response. You can think of it that way. If you're responding, it's a much much more peaceful life because you've learned to detach with love. It's like they can think, people can think whatever they want to think. They can keep going by my door if they want to and think all they want. If it's all destructive, you don't bring it into my house. That's all. Mm. It's it's just not allowed. And if I'm being destructive, I'll warn you not to come into my house. <laughs> because that's safer. But it's, it's, it is about learning and it's about, I guess you would say, self-discipline. It's about self-awareness. If you let your soul talk to you and you listen to it and you go by it, you're coming from the heart when you're listening to your soul. When you're going by what your soul wants, you're coming from the heart. You can't go wrong. Will everybody agree with you? No, they will not. They'll probably even criticize you. And again, we're back to the confidence. And think of that beautiful big yellow rose. Chew on it as you're walking around if you need to. Taste it. Give you the confidence to be different. Not to react. Just to respond. Can you imagine if we all could do that? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Uh, Omina, this is Penny. Um, yes, I, fi- I, fi- I find this discussion extremely interesting. And I keep coming back to a couple of articles I was reading today about uh, uh, your friend, Mr. Netanyahu, and the plans that were being made long before 1948 to do yes. what they're doing just now. Yes. And um, if people, I, I, I'm not sure how to phrase this, but there's room in here for understanding history and then reacting and then responding. Um, and, and you're liable and you can react with your mind and then maybe respond with your heart. Right. Uh, maybe that's how, maybe that's how it has to work. But so many people are taking up um, arms against whatever without really knowing the whole story and the deception right. that's been going on. And, and that's the part. Um, I think that bothers me as much as anything, that knowing how people have been deceived and how the education system has been uh, watered down, watered down, misled, material that used to be in existence on the web or even in books has long since disappeared that tells the whole truth. And I, I'm, I'm not sure how really to to deal with that because the conversations are never um, I, quiet enough or calm enough to bring in these details. And you were actually, somebody was actually thinking about Khazarian Jews as opposed to the Jews, the, the brown people, the Palestinians 
who are Jews and Arabs all mixed up in the same pot. And right. and they all lived like that, and they liked it like that. And yes. that's the way it was. There was no problem until the empires got involved. Well, there was a lot more people on the earth, too. They didn't have as many toys to fight with each other. Uh, that's right. And you it know. was, yeah, and it was this guy, Theodore Herzl, who started, who really began the idea of Zionism. Other, before that idea came into being, they got along because they were all the same color. They could speak each other's language. If there was a language different, it was just a difference of religion. It wasn't race and so on. And because racism is just rampant in this, just well, rampant. And nobody's calling it that, but that's what it is. Oh, definitely. I remember when this started and I made a comment, I think probably here about, um, Hamas supposedly snuck up on the Israelites and, and the and, and Israel and Israel, which we know is crap. Yeah. Well, because Israel is one of the top. Israel is one of the top highest intelligence intel for collecting intel, and and I remember thinking, no, they set this up. They knew yep. this was going to happen, and that has come out in the last week that they discovered discovered Israel knew about the attack before it happened. Mm -hmm. And that's like, yeah. a, that's like a setup to go after the Gaza Strip and all the people living on the Gaza Strip. Yeah. You know, you know what this is. To me, this came to me today that this is like what's happening with the, with the, uh, uh, all the information that is coming, that's coming out now about October the 7th. It's it's just it's saying the same information is being brought forward, as you mentioned just now, the same as COVID. If you're watching the propaganda process with this is the same as the propaganda pro programs for COVID. It's happening in a far shorter time and with a hell of a lot more intensities. But it's the same kind of lies. It's the same kind of in your face day in and day out. Um, yep. You know, if you did, if you thought you knew something today, you can be beaten over the head and cudgeled and three days later you've forgotten you even thought that because of the way it's working so but this whole way the whole thing is unfolding is not it's like 9-11 but it's happening in what october november two months instead of a whole bunch of years and right. covid happened over three years and we were being told right from the start that there was lying going on but nobody believed it but this is and people are still not believing that they're being caught and used and tripped up and spit on. I mean, it's well, I'm, I'm going to go back to what I always said that I have nothing against religion, but religion has ruined people. It has robbed them of their curiosity of being able to think critically for themselves. It's based on a lot of people are, were taught to be afraid in their religions if you're good or bad, you're going to hell or whatever you're going to be missing in all the different religions. And the major religions was based on punishment. It wasn't based on love. Yeah. It was based on punishment. If you didn't, if you didn't go by the, um, the laws, I mean, Moses came down with the Ten Commandments. The Catholics used the Ten Commandments. 
I don't know if the Jewish used the Ten Commandments. I don't know if the Arabs used them. But it's interesting that the Catholics do. So I'm sure a lot of them use them as a guideline. And each religion takes it and manipulates it for what they want. So what we're saying is is that religion is is really behind. Well, we know that religion is behind this with geopolitical um, well, it's been behind religion. Well. Yeah, religion has been behind many, many wars. It's just I feel a, a political construct. It's there for social programming. It's there for us to be afraid of authority, and then we naturally associate authority of God with authority of government and absolutely betters. You know, the wealthy, the nobility, the king, the queen, and on and on. Yep. <clears throat> Designed that way. It's designed that way for a purpose. You have your worker bees and you have your queens or your kings or whatever they are, the leaders. But the workers are the majority. Yeah. You know, and when the majority speaks up and acts as one, then everybody shakes in their boots to go back to what Randy was saying. Well, either that's going to create a war and kill us all off. Mm. (laughs) Then they'll have no one. yeah, that was the intention with Gaza and Palestine, right from before. Well, it looks, like it looks like it's been carried out very well because they're starving, they're sick, they're dying, they're being bombed, no clean water, no food. I mean, they put up a whole thing on the television there where the Israeli soldiers were destroying whatever food and water they came across in the Gaza Strip that was left there for people. So what does that tell you? I mean, that's like definitely genocide. Most of uh, sure. Well, sure. and there's another thing. Randy was, uh, inter- it was interesting that Randy brought up Monopoly because I haven't even mentioned this article that I saw today and I don't think I printed it out because it's just so utterly disgusting. And and there's been a leakage of some development plans uh, in and showing pictures of a, a, a scene in Gaza and then down below it is a, the scene of um, beach, a form of beach houses or, you know, nice buildings all laid out in outline for Israeli families in the same location. Yeah. I, like, people aren't dead. People aren't gone. They've destroyed it. But they're st- all of a sudden, they're starting to build on it. Let's look to the future. And, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm reacting right now instead of responding. <laughs> I've learned that much today. I tend to react and then tomorrow I'll respond. Well, that's but, okay. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, callous. It's callous and inhuman, inhumane, and all the rest of that. And, yes, and people well, can't understand the, that. You, I, you have I to remember... Know is the animalistic part of the human being that's doing the worst that they can do. Mm. That's what it is, okay? We are part of the animal kingdom. Well, they're very, they're very good at it. They're very good at it. I think any of us could be very good at it if we wanted to. It's just that some of us have evolved a little more. But, Omina, you know, I see that there's a spiritual component, not only the biological one. There's something very dark going on in the higher levels in Israel. Oh, definitely. 
horribly dark. Definitely. So we have to shine the light on the darkness. Yeah, absolutely we do. And I would definitely I would definitely say for anyone that knows the cosmic law of forgiveness, say it several times a day. Yes. Because that goes out to the universe and that goes out to letting go and the cosmic law of forgiveness is a powerful, powerful incantation. You have to say it three times in a row. Look it up on the computer if you don't know what it is. Say it three times. And then when you're done three times, say it another three times. And 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 put that out to the world because that helps to clean up the energy and you blast a violet flame while you're saying it. And and the best thing to do for for um, any of the places where the war is going on is to blast yeah. a violet flame. It helps to clean up the energy. It has to play out because it's going to play out. Because I do believe that this war going on between the Israelis and the Palestinian Jews and Hamas, if I'm saying it properly or not, I think it's karmic. Hamas. Hamas. Mm -hmm. I think it's karmic and I think it's finally cut up with them all. And it's going to get leveled out. But that doesn't mean that we can't still send out the cosmic law of forgiveness and the violet flame to help speed it up if it speeds it up or cleans it out. Because it has to, it's going to, it's going to wear itself out before anybody gives up. I mean, a lot of things are going to go down and Israel may very well find themselves on the world stage with uh, committing genocide and other atrocities of war because they definitely don't seem to be going by either group, maybe, by the engagement, the engagement of war. They don't seem to be following those rules. So, you know, I'm just going to say mm. the cosmic law of forgiveness for all of well, them. Yeah, Bless them all. Me. Huh? Did you say mm. something, Penny? And, and it's not just that that's karmic and it's, um, I, I, it's karmic for them. Uh, yes. Also for the rest of us to see it and to understand what's going on and to do what you say. Well, that's why the cosmic but law. We also need to. We can't ignore it, but we can't be worn down by it. No, but we could do. Yeah. The the cosmic law of forgiveness helps to clean up our own karma. You gave us that law back t- t- oh. a while back. Yes. But you can always you can always look it up and yeah, print it out. You gave it back. I've got one version of it. And you're, you're breaking up. You're breaking yes. up. But Omina, I just wanted to say that you gave it to us back in just why am I breaking up for goodness sakes? I don't know. Is but that better? Yes. Yes, I did. I don't it. know. Am I, I any did. better now? No. Yeah. We're getting near the end of our show. I just simply w- what? You went away again. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just wanted to say that Omina gave us this this uh, uh, car. Uh, I'm quitting. I'm done. Okay. But you're right. I gave you the cosmic law of forgiveness before. I repeated it here on the on the show. And I'm saying that for anyone that wants to, the listening audience, that wants to find out what it is, 
just type in cosmic law of forgiveness and it will come up. It's by Saint Germain. And just think of the violet fire when you're doing it, a violet flame, whatever it is, and just send it out to the world or hold the world in your hand while you're saying it. It all it's all good energy. So on that note, I want to thank all of you for engaging in our discussion tonight and our listeners, which I would have loved to heard from, but haven't, so that's okay too. And we will all be back next week. So Dawn, if you have any music ready, good night, everyone. Winter solstice blessings. Thank you, Omina. Thank you so much, Omina. Merry Christmas. Good night, night, Omina. Omina. Merry Christmas, Omina. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, too. Yes. Good night, everyone. Happy holidays. Yes. Good night. Season's greetings to all. See you after the holidays, everybody. Peace and love. May Santa visit you. (laughs) I love Santa. (laughs) 